Well, praise God for that truth. Praise God for moms. I thank God for Mother's Day. I, I really appreciate this special day to remember. Um, not that we don't think about our moms a lot, but certainly it's great to, to remember. And I know that, that Mother's Day is a hard day uh, for a lot of people. It's a sad day. It's a very emotional day. Um, some of us didn't have great relationships with our moms. Some of us had great relationships with our moms. Um, some of us miss our moms because they're gone. Um, you know, there's just all kinds of emotions. But really, Mother's Day is more about God than it is even about moms. And so we want to look to God's Word together this morning. And I forgot to introduce myself as we started the service this morning. I'm Dean Rapp, the pastor of Midway Community Church. And I'd invite you to turn in your Bibles this morning to Second Timothy chapter 3. Second Timothy chapter 3. We're going to start with the 14th verse this morning. Second Timothy chapter 3. As we honor our moms with the reading of God's word, as we honor um, God, uh, recognizing that this is his word and that he has given moms and certainly dads, he's, he's made the family uh, just such a special, special um, relationship, uh, such a special institution, a special organism. And this passage helps us understand uh, one of the really, real important um, facets of, of a mother's opportunity and responsibility. Chapter 3, verse 14 of 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy three fourteen. But as for you, now this is the Apostle Paul talking to Timothy, a, a younger minister of God's word. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is, this is Paul's statement of part of Timothy's testimony. Paul was well acquainted with Timothy's life. Uh, he knew him very well. He had, um, he had really worked in his life. Uh, Paul was a, a teacher, a mentor of, of uh, Timothy, and he knew Timothy's background. Uh, he knew his story. And all of us have stories. All of us have, have these different relationships with our parents. And in particular, this morning, we're thinking about our relationships with our moms. I think about my mom regularly um, in the work that I do um, that's, that's surrounding the Word of God as a pastor. Um, she comes to my mind a lot because my mom was always teaching God's Word to somebody. That's what she did. That was part of who she was as a believer in Christ. Um, a lot of times, she taught the Word of God to children. And um, I had the opportunity as her child, as her son, to help her get ready for some of her classes. And I, and I remember re oftentimes sitting down on the floor next to her. She might have been in the chair, and I might have been on the floor in front of her. And I remember regularly cutting out things for her, helping her get, get things ready that, that she was going to be using 
you know, as, as object lessons um, for her kids in the, in the classes that she, uh, that she would teach. Uh, I remember her quoting scripture to me as a, as a boy. And, uh, and you have some of those memories too, if, if your mothers uh, were like mine and like Timothy's mom. Because my story is very much like Timothy's. Um, I have known the scriptures since infancy. I've, I've been hearing the scriptures since before I was even born. Because they say that babies can hear in the womb. And I know that my mom and dad were, were talking about the Bible. And I know that they had me in church where the Bible was being read. And so, so from infancy and beyond, I've known the scriptures. I've known the Holy Scriptures. Timothy knew the Holy Scriptures well, well before Paul ever came into his life. In fact, if you look back in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1 you'll see an explanation of this. He goes through a little bit of, of Timothy's family. Um, 2 Timothy 1, 3 says, I thank God, whom I serve as my forefathers did, with a clear conscience as night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. That speaks of the relationship that Paul had with Timothy. He said, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. So when Paul speaks of knowing the Holy Scriptures since infancy, he's looking into Timothy's background, he's looking into Timothy's history and recognizes that he had two people at least in his life that were instrumental in Timothy coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And the way that Lois and Eunice were instrumental in bringing Timothy to faith was by their witness, by the way that they lived their lives, but also because they shared with him the scriptures. They knew, as we know, that the Bible, God's word, is the, very, is the best tool that we have in helping people understand their need for a Savior. That's why, as Paul puts it here again in, in chapter 3, he says that you've known the Holy Scriptures since infancy, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. See, the Apostle Paul knew, as Timothy's mom and grandmother knew, that one of the great purposes of the Bible, these are the Holy Scriptures, these, this is God's Word, that one of the great purposes of the Bible is to make everybody who reads it, everybody who studies it, everybody who memorizes it, to make us all wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. See, a lot of people look at the Bible as, as a, a, a list of do's and don'ts and and, and, and how to live and, and how to judge people and, and all those kind of things. And in fact, it is true that those are all things that are true about it. But most, of, most importantly, the scripture is given to us to help us understand that we can never live up to God's great standards and to help us realize that we are all, every single one of us, even from infancy, that we are in desperate need of a savior, that we can't live up to the high standards of God's word, to the high standards of God's command, 
that we need a Savior. In fact, I'd like to have you turn back to Deuteronomy chapter 6, all the way back in the Old Testament. There's a passage that I'm sure this was, uh, was instrumental in Lois and, and Eunice's ministry uh, with their son and grandson, Timothy. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Deuteronomy 6, 4. I'll wait for a moment while you find it. Deuteronomy 6, 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Impress them, he says, on your children. You see, this is the, this is the word that, that Lois and Eunice had to share with Timothy. They didn't have as much Bible as we do. They didn't have as much of the word of God as we do. They had the Old Testament. And, and here, this passage in Deuteronomy chapter 6, an important aspect of God's expectations of parents to impress upon their children the truths of God's word. And then we find out from the New Testament that the, the whole purpose of the Old Testament, the whole purpose of impressing upon children the truths of God's word are to help them realize that they can't live up to it, that they fail in trying to do so. The Ten Commandments, for example, are given to help us live, among, live with one another in society, to live with one another in community, but none of us can keep all Ten Commandments. Think about those. Even the, if, if, if there was only one commandment, and it was just the fifth one, honor your father and mother, what if that was the only commandment? Would any of us have, have kept it all our lives? No, certainly not. All of us disobeyed our parents. All of us dishonored our parents at some point in our lives. And children today, as you're, as you're listening, you, you remember times when you've dishonored your parents, when you didn't obey them. Even this morning, I, I encourage you, the best way that you can honor your parents is to obey them. But when I said that, I knew that you couldn't do it completely. I knew, not just because of you, but I know all kids, none of us can honor our parents completely the way that we should. As a result of that, we're breaking God's law. And as God says in his word in Romans chapter 6, the wages of sin is death. All of us deserve to die because we disobey God, because we break his law, because we can't keep his commandments. And so Lois and Eunice were very careful to teach Timothy God's word so that they could understand his need for a savior. And so kids and, and adults as well, if you've been trying to keep God's word, if you've been trying to obey him, if you've been trying to, to do better in your life, but you realize that you can't do it perfectly, you realize that you keep stumbling, you realize that you keep sinning, maybe against your parents or against your husband or against your wife or, or whatever your, 
your regular sin is that you're having a hard time getting control over. You recognize that you can't do it on your own. You recognize, as God says, that all of us have sinned. In Romans, 6, 20, Romans 3, 23, all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. As we recognize that we've fallen short, then that's where becoming wise unto salvation through faith in Jesus Christ comes in, as Paul said about Timothy in the experience that he had with his mother and his grandmother. You see, Timothy recognized that he needed a Savior. He found that out from the Word of God. And mothers, he found that out because his mom told him about the Bible. His mom told him about the truths of God's Word. His mom told him about right and wrong from the Scripture. His mom told him what God expects of a child. And even in doing so, she was letting him know that he was not able to keep it completely and that he was going to need the help of God's great provision, the one who was promised throughout the entire Old Testament that the the Messiah, the Savior, was going to come to forgive Israel and all the world of their sins. And so in teaching Timothy the truths of God's word, she was doing it, and her mother was helping her, the grandmother was helping her as well, helping Timothy understand that he wasn't going to be able to save himself. He wasn't going to be able to be good enough to earn God's salvation. He was never going to deserve to be able to go to heaven when he died. But God was taking care of that by sending his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, into the world so that he could come and live a perfect life. You see, Jesus was the perfect kid. Mary had the hardest job of all the mothers um, that have ever lived because she was the mother of the perfect son of God and then also some other kids that weren't. How difficult her task must have been. I know, moms, all of your jobs are hard, whether you only have one child or whether you have 10 children. All of your jobs are hard. But imagine the difficulty of raising a family where one of the kids never sinned. What a a standard Jesus set in the household of Joseph and Mary of Nazareth. What a struggle that must have been for his brothers and sisters to, to realize that he always did the right thing every single time. What a struggle, what a hardship that was for his mom and dad because they couldn't even live up to their son's standards. But this Jesus who came into the world in a family through Joseph and Mary raising him, even though he is the divine son of God, the unique God-man, fully God, fully man, he was raised in a family just like we are. And Mary had that responsibility, just like Lois and Eunice did. Of course, Joseph and and all the dads that are believers had the same responsibility. But again, this morning we'll focus on the moms. Mary had that responsibility of continuing to teach her children God's word. Now, in some respects, having Jesus in the family made that easy. If she ever forgot a reference, I'm sure he he was always ready for it. Because remember, not only did he know the word of God, he wrote the word of God. This, this big Old Testament that we have, you know, it was all written by, by Jesus himself. Although he did it through humans, you know, 
prophets like Moses, like Isaiah, like Jeremiah and Zechariah and Daniel and, and, and the rest. He did it through them. He was the author of the Old Testament. And so what a great tool that would be for a mom in her family teaching her kids the word of God uh, to always be able to refer to the author himself uh, who's sitting in the room um, with the rest of them. You know, would have, would have brought in all kinds of interesting aspects of Bible study and devotions and, and all those kinds of things. But she took it serious. We know, we know that um, about her because of her response uh, to the angel when, when, when the angel told her that she was going to be the mother of God's son. You know, her response is, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. See, she saw herself as the servant of God. And so she saw herself as, as, as the, the important tool in Jesus' life and the lives of the children that God blessed her with to teach them God's word and to teach that word with a purpose. Moms, as you faithfully do your job, and, and I know your job is manifold. I know that it's, it's multifaceted. And I know that I can't even begin to understand all the things that you have to do as a mom. But as you take this responsibility of teaching your children the word of God, as you take that seriously, remember to teach the word of God with a purpose. Remember what Eunice's purpose was in teaching Timothy the word of God from infancy. And remember, Lois, the grandmother, was involved in this as well. But remember their purpose to make Timothy wise to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. A lot of times we fall short in that purpose. A lot of times we teach the word of God just to help kids know how to live right so that they'll, so they'll do the right things. That's important, and that's certainly one of the functions of the Scripture. But the most important function of the Scripture is not just to help them to do the right things, but to help them understand what to do if they didn't do the right thing. And all of them will fall into that at some point if they haven't already. And knowing the kids of Midway, as I do, they have already fallen into it. Every one of them. Teach them that when they sin, that God has a provision for them, that God has taken care to help them by providing them with the Savior the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's not by being good enough. It's not by learning enough Bible verses. It's not by going to church every Sunday. It's not by learning to be nice to your teacher or to your classmates. It's not by even by being obedient to mom and dad. But help them to understand that Jesus Christ is the only way that they will ever deserve to go to heaven because he's the only one who did everything right. He's the only one that doesn't have to pay the wages of his sin. That's why when he died on the cross, he was able to take upon himself all of our sins and to be paid the wages that we deserved. Because you see, it was, it was each of us, children, you included, each of us, moms, dads, you included, it was each of us who deserved to die on the cross. Because, see, we're the ones that sinned. We're the ones that deserve to be paid that wage of death. But Jesus, being perfect, he's the one who is able to take upon all of our sins upon himself so that we don't have to bear the punishment of our sins.
See, that's what the Bible is all about. That's the important message that moms need to be teaching their kids through the scriptures. That even though they sin, and they do sin, and certainly they must be disciplined and punished for their sins, that's all part of, the, of understanding the scriptures. That's all part of growing up. That's all part of the process. But even as they undergo our discipline for their sins, they need to understand that there's a greater greater um, punishment. There's a greater judgment for sins that comes at the end of life. And every single person who dies in their sins, that means without being forgiven of their sins by Jesus Christ, every single person who dies in their sins will be separated from God for all eternity in eternal punishment. That's what Paul meant in Romans 6, 23, when he said, for the wages of sin is death. But he also said, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And you see, that's the gift that Lois and Eunice taught Timothy about, even from infancy. As they taught him the scriptures, as they taught him the Old Testament stories, as they taught him how they should, that he should live his life, as they taught him the Ten Commandments, they also taught him that if and when he sinned, that he could turn to Jesus. And not by being good enough, but by believing in Jesus, he would have his sins forgiven and he would be made worthy at that very moment, the moment he received Jesus, the moment he believed in Jesus, that he would be made the child of God and be given the opportunity, given the right, given the privilege to enter into God's glory for eternity when he leaves this world. And you know, that's, that's Timothy's testimony. He's now in the presence of God because, first of all, his mom and grandma taught him the scripture, taught him about Jesus. But the only reason he's with God now is not beca just because they taught him, but because he did something with what they taught him. He believed what they taught him was true. And what they taught him about Jesus was that Jesus died for his sins so that if he would put his trust in Jesus instead of himself, that Jesus would forgive him of his sins and give him the gift of eternal life. That's what it means for the scriptures to make us wise to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. See, it's not by doing good things. It's not by going to church. It's not by, by zooming in or tuning in or... or surfing in or whatever we do on the computers and, 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 and how we're doing church today. That, that's not the important thing. The important thing is that we have faith in Jesus Christ. That's why John, one of Jesus' apostles, and he wrote his gospel of John, that's why he put it like this. Even though most of the people of Jesus' day didn't receive him, didn't believe in him, John said this about those who did. He said in verse 12 of John chapter 1, yet to those who received him, to those who believed on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's how Timothy got into heaven. That's how Timothy was made right so that he could enter into God's presence because he believed in Jesus Christ. Praise God for Lois. Praise God for Eunice. I praise God for Darlene. That was my mom's. That's my mom's name. 
she taught me, along with my dad, along with my pastors, along with my Sunday school teachers, along with my brother, along with my grandparents, she taught me the scriptures and helped me understand that they could make me wise to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Moms, you have a lot of responsibilities. You've got a lot of things that you are supposed to be doing with your kids. And, and of course, in our culture, you've got a lot of things that are, that are piled up on you that you think that you're supposed to be doing. And you have to decide, hey, I can't do all these things. I've got to decide which ones I can do. But I want you to know something. The thing that Lois and Eunice did with Timothy, that's a non-negotiable. Whether your kid's in sports or drama or other kinds of extracurricular activities, those things are negotiable. Those things are optional. But whether your child is hearing the word of God in a way that they understand how to be wise unto salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, that is a non-negotiable for you. Make sure that you're not dropping that ball. If you don't get them to, to cheerleading practice on time, or if you don't get them to the, to the softball game on time, or if you don't get them to the basketball practice on time, make sure that you are helping them understand the importance of the Word of God and the grace that God pours out into the life of every single person who believes in him. And remember, that, remember why it's called grace, because we don't deserve it. Help your children understand that by learning God's word, they're not earning God's favor. They're learning how to put their trust in Jesus Christ, the only one who can save. And so moms, we're rooting for you. We're cheering for you. We're praying for you. We're going to help you in this process. That's what the body of Christ is all about. But moms, take that one most important job. Of course, bringing us into the world, that was important, and we thank you for that. But take that one most important job seriously and help your kids understand that as they learn right from wrong from God's word, that God also provided for us his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior, so that by faith in him, we can have eternal life. Now, for some of you, this may be the first time that you've ever heard that, or the first time that you've ever understood that. Let me encourage you, no matter how old you are, whether you're, whether you're a young child, or whether you're an old man or woman, or anywhere in between, if you have not received Jesus Christ, if you have not believed in his name, if you, don't, if you haven't believed before today that Jesus Christ is your only hope for forgiveness of sins, your only hope for eternal life, I would encourage you on this Mother's Day, regardless of what your mother taught you about these things, put your trust in Jesus today. Receive Jesus as Timothy did and receive from him the gift of eternal life. And if you do that, not only will you be forgiven of all of your sins, not only will you be given the gift and promise of eternal life in God's glory, but you'll also become a part of this great process that God has put us in in the body of Christ 
to help other people also understand these things. And in your family, whatever your part of the family is, whether you're a child, whether you're a mother, a father, a grandparent, whatever your, your, your role, aunt or uncle, that you will also be a part of this process of helping others understand their need for a Savior. Because that need belongs to all of us. Jesus died for everybody. Everybody, no matter what our backgrounds, no matter what our religions have been, no matter what our church backgrounds have been, no matter what our race, our language, our culture, none of those things matter. Jesus Christ died for everybody. That's why John put in, uh, quoted Jesus in saying in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Let that be the truth for you by putting your trust in Jesus. Let's bow together for prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for the great honor of being able to look into your word for these few minutes. Just as Lois and Eunice did thousands of years ago with their son, their grandson, Timothy, that we can do the same thing this morning and look into your word and find the wisdom for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. We thank you for moms today. We thank you for the moms in our lives that taught us these things. And if we didn't have a mom teach us these things, Father, we thank you that now we're in a place where we can hear your truth and that we can become a mom or a dad, a brother or a sister, an aunt or an uncle, a grandparent, who can share these same great truths with our kids, with our nephews, with our nieces, with our grandkids, that we can also, as Lois and Eunice did, share these wonderful scriptures, these gifts from you, so that no one that we know, no one in our family, will have to wonder how they can ever live up to your high standards, how they can ever deserve to enter into your, your glory. Help them to see from your word that none of us deserve it, that we all fall short. But through faith in Jesus Christ, we can all be forgiven of our sins. We can all be saved. We can all have the gift of eternal life. I pray that you would give people the courage and the faith this morning wherever they are, whoever they're with, that they would stop right now and just put their trust in Jesus, believing that he died for them, that he rose for them, that he will keep his promise to them to forgive them of their sins and to give them eternal life. And Father, we pray again as we give you thanks for our moms and pray that they will live up to this high calling regardless of all the other responsibilities that they have or that they feel that they have, help them to remain steadfast, to remain steady, consistent in sharing your word and the truth about Jesus with their kids and to bringing them into the context of the body of Christ so they will have that message reinforced by other people that they look up to, other people that they respect. And Father, we pray that you would make our mothers fruitful, not just with more kids, but with kids for eternity, 
through faith in Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.